Well, welcome to Being Creative, everybody. My name is Rick Leap, as you know, because I'm the host of this show. Who else would you expect to be here behind the microphone, yelling into the great beyond, you know, energetically and uh, always about creativity? Uh, because this is where we explore the value of creativity through stories, through success, through failures of people like us. Sometimes they're not like us at all. Sometimes we don't even like them. And that's why it's easier to speak about how they suck. <laughs> uh, in this episode, I'm calling it an unfiltered conversation about creativity and why you are not operating at your maximum potential. Oh, that sounds like so intriguing. What does it mean to be creative? What does it take to be your creative best? Where is your creative energy going? How can you direct it better? What's an actionable step you can take today? Hey, if this sounds fascinating, stay tuned because we're pressing play and hitting the open road. I'm glad you're here. Oh, man. How are you? No, like for real? Like I wish we could have that conversation because it's summertime and I wish we weren't, I wasn't just sitting here all totally by myself. Because today in particular, I'm actually excited about what I want to talk about. And sometimes I say like, oh, I'm really excited to talk about this, but I'm not really excited. And then sometimes I'm imagining that you're like, oh, I'm trying to be excited about what Rick's talking about, but I'm not really excited. I'm just listening because I'm like standing in the grocery store and I'm like totally bored and I don't want to like be alone with my own thoughts. <laughs> Am I describing you? Am I... Okay, look, it's going to be your turn any minute now, so just focus on your groceries, and then we'll talk about this later. But I know, big surprise, on a, on a podcast called Being Creative that I want to talk about creativity. But look, I want to introduce you to three different uh, people who have had a massive impact on my own kind of creative health. Um and what that means, my understanding of what that means, uh, and then how it has translated into operating at a whole other level than I never would have thought I would be possible for myself personally. And then what I just feel like that just very simply how that could a encourage you and b inform and empower you if you'd like to be more creative and if you need to sometimes, you know, Anyways, that's why I'm excited. And I'm so excited that I can barely even like can hold my thoughts together. So uh, how about I just jump right into it? Have you heard the name Chalmuth Palaipatia? He was, he used to work like, he used to work for Facebook back in the, you know, the days of dinosaurs when, when all of us kind of would have got started. I don't know when you signed up for Facebook, um, for me, I'm sure it was, goodness, 2006-ish, that sort of an era, which is freaky when you think that's, you know, we're talking 15 years ago. And let's be honest, um, I mean, I'll be honest, uh, Facebook, I don't believe, was anything then like it is now. You know, I, I just remember those first original days of how exciting it was to 
you know, oh, me, there's somebody I went to high school, they're rekindling, you know, connecting with somebody I went to college with and worked with and just people that you fell out of touch with. And it all felt so private and intimate and whatever. And it just became all part of our our life. And, you know, for myself, I was touring a lot as an artist at that time. And I remember, you know, you do a show in some town or city and you'd go back to your hotel Maybe before you even went to bed, some of the friend requests would start coming in. And certainly in the morning, you'd wake up and there'd be like 15, 20 new people. You didn't even know them. They were at the concert that night and they wanted to connect with you and be a friend. And, and you know, as an independent artist, it was like, oh, this is really like what an incredible tool for me to like, you know, d- develop this you know, network of fans and people that want to support my music. And and maybe to some degree they wanted to, but I bet you hardly any of us ever leveraged it in any way that made any kind of qualitative difference to the bottom line or, or generated any revenue. Probably the most it ever did was what social media has done, the most it's done for anybody, practically, which is to give us that dopamine sort of cycle of hits. Oh, there's 20 people who think I'm interesting and important. I feel interesting and important and I haven't even had breakfast yet. So how wonderful for that. So uh, Chalmuth Paliapatia, he was the vice president for user growth at some point in Facebook's early history. And I was reading... Um, this article, I uh, was in the Washington Post, um, God, back in, holy moly, it was from 2017. <laughs> oh, 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 in, in social media years, that's kind of like the uh, Paleolithic era there. That's like going, what, five years back in the past? Woo, man. Uh, anyways, in, in, in the title of this article from the Washington Post was that former Facebook VP says social media is destroying society with, quote, dopamine driven feedback loops. He had me at dopamine driven <laughs> feedback loops because I realized that is 100 percent true. And he uh let me just jump into this article. I have it open in front of me in here. I think in the back, deep, deep recesses of our mind, he says, we kind of knew something bad could happen, but I think the way we defined it was not like this. Now, this article, and he's done, uh, I remember a TED Talk that he did. Um, he says a little bit further along here, it literally is a point now where I think we've created tools that are ripping apart the social fabric of how society works. That is truly where we are. The short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops that we have created are destroying how society works. No civil discourse, no cooperation, misinformation, mistruth. And it's not an American problem. It's not about Russian ads. It's a global problem. Now, I have to be honest, I 100% agree with this assessment. Um, Like many people, uh, Facebook became that, um, that pattern of activity uh, in those idle moments of the day when I'm supposed to be just locking down and focusing on writing, say, a business email or a series of emails or creating a new lesson in my online course or whatever I might need to do that needs incredible focus to focus my creativity. 
um, I'm, I'm wanting to maybe distract myself or I'm wanting to avoid that inevitable plunge into the deep end of creating something from nothing, which is what creativity often, it just takes so much energy and focus. I'm likely to pull out my phone or to click open those tabs and just distract myself for five, six minutes or whatever it happens to be. So when I started reading that the guy who, one of the guys who was in charge of creating this whole thing says, you know what, Facebook's not broken. Facebook isn't, you know, it hasn't gone off the rails. It is working exactly like we designed. It's actually working better than we designed. And what, and he goes on in his article, if you ever want to look it up, go ahead. Um, he talks about how they studied every possible thing that would increase user engagement and therefore get you to spend more time on the platform and greater encouragement and greater sharing and, and whatever then translates into greater revenue. And that's what it's really ultimately all about. And this isn't a conspiracy theory. It's a just commerce and capitalism and everything else that we deal with day to day. So he says, uh, you know, this this whole thing we studied, was it humor? Was it inspiration? Was it, you know, videos of kitties and puppies? Was it, you know, educational things? Was it inspiring deals? What, what drove the greatest engagement? And they found, and you've probably already know what I'm going to say, uh, rage, anger, being pissed off, being mad about something. That produced more engagement, more shares, more comments than any other emotion. And so the algorithm is designed intentionally to provide and to promote information that will get you the most pissed off and mad because that's when you're going to spend the most time, you know, arguing with strangers on the internet about something and sharing those articles and how, you know, stupid they are and how, you know, it doesn't matter if they're boomers or if they're like woke, you know, millennials, whatever's going to get you going, that's the purpose. So uh, when I read this uh, article from Chalmers Palapatia, I think, yeah, I really get this. I get how social media, if it was at any time in the past, just this benign, innocent sort of um, distraction, it is no longer that. And if I want to be creative, if I want to bring my creativity to any enterprise or activity, uh, I have to cut this out. I have to. And here's the ultimate reason creativity takes a ton of energy I, and it doesn't matter if that if what your application of creativity and maybe just can I just step to the side half a step and just clarify what it means to be creative for me I've heard lots of different uh descriptions and definitions the one of, of what it means to be creative the one I love the best is that creativity, it's like we have creative capital and, and creative capital refers to our, our gifts and our talents and our abilities and our education and our experience. And being creative is us 
as individuals taking our creative capital and applying it in a way to solve the problems and the challenges that are in our life. It is very different from being artistic, from, you know, being more musical or or more artistic or, or painting more or writing more or whatever. Creativity to me, it's like that might be solving a problem. It might be problem solving. It might be conflict resolution. It might be team building. Whatever the application of your creative capital, uh, A, it's one of, if not the most important asset that each of us have as we uh, face the challenges in our life, but it takes a tremendous amount of energy and focus and commitment. And so something like Facebook or any of the social medias, they are uh, draining by just distracting us even, Uh, but they're draining us and taking some of that creative energy and focus away. We just can't be our creative best if we're going in 16 different directions at one time. And some of these are just siphoning off, you know, our mental energy and our focus or our emotional or our whatever it happens to be. Let me quickly take a little sip because uh, one of the things, so that that was where I, I loved, uh, you know, reading that article. And I don't know when, let me pull up this next one. Have you heard of Louis Barkley and unfollow everything? Have you looked that up? Um, Let me just pull this guy up. This was an article from more recently, much more recently in uh, Slate.com, October 7th, 2021 by Louis Barkley. It says, Facebook banned me for life because I help people (laughs) use it less. (laughs) Oh, I love these titles. Man, it's true. Uh, titles really do get you. They're, they're probably the one of the most important things. If you're a writer and you're writing an article or you're writing a book, uh, to me, I, I spent so much time coming up with chapter names and the title of my book because the title of your book and the subtitle and the chapters and the blurb on the back, you know, if you don't nail those aspects as a writer, nobody's going to pick up your book and nobody's going to read the other hundred thousand words that you poured over, you know, in the guts of the book. So um, these titles, you know, it really had me because Chalmuth Paliopatia had already got me going down this path of saying, you know, Facebook in particular Facebook, was be, has become this toxic social network to me. Um, lost a number of friends and even family uh, down the rabbit hole of, you know, Facebook rage algorithms, um, whatever it's driven them to kind of madness and conspiracy and craziness. And uh, I hated it. And... Uh, I was ripe for reading this article about how Facebook banned me. Let me just quickly read um, the intro of this article by Louis Barkley. He says, if someone built a tool that made Facebook less addictive, a tool that allowed users to benefit from Facebook's positive features while limiting their exposure to its negative ones, how would Facebook respond? 
I know the answer because I built the tool and Facebook squashed it. So he created a tool, a browser extension called uh, Unfollow Everything that allowed users to delete their newsfeed by unfollowing their friends, groups, and pages. Now, this is something that I didn't know, and maybe you don't either. If you are using Facebook, you know, you open it up, and, you know, here's all of the ads and here's all of the things from your friends or your groups or the pages or whatever. And it's all of this content. And it's just that rabbit hole over and over again. You just like stumble down it. And the next thing you know, it's like seven minutes are gone or 70 or whatever, you know, it happens to be. So I found out this guy said, you know, he created this thing that could unfollow everyone. And when you unfollowed everything and everyone the algorithms had nothing to go on so your news feed is dead uh, i wonder if i could just let me just quickly uh pull mine up here i'm just gonna click on facebook on my browser uh, i wish i could show you this but uh, it's got the classic thing what's on your mind if you want to write a a post um underneath <laughs> there's nothing nothing it just says you're all caught up for now and then underneath that it said something went wrong this may be because of a technical error that we're working to get fixed try reloading this page but it isn't broken it's working exactly as i want it to there's nothing there uh so what I did, you know, I was I was admitting that back in the day, I went along to, you know, I, I'd wake up in the morning, I'm on tour, I'd wake up and there'd be all of these people and they wanted to be my friends. And so I, I had thousand some friends, friends, you know, um, strangers that I'm connected to. And it became this cesspool, really. I, I, I don't know what your experience is mine, but I knew that when my elderly aunts and uncles my senior citizen aunts and uncles started sending me Facebook requests the Facebook was dead by that point your high school buddies your college buddies people at work and clients and customers and peers and randos that you've met along the way and uh, and now your elderly uh, you know, relations, everybody's piled together in this one ridiculous room. And of course, you have people that are, you know, taking offense to absolutely everything because their Facebook feeds are full of rage inducing content. So they're approaching everything, including your content in that pissed off, angry, I'm willing and, and ready to fight with any stranger on the internet. And, uh, so I love this. I'm reading this article, and he's like, yeah, I followed on thing, everything. And one night, I was just like, I just got so frustrated with my own lack of discipline to stop going there that I just start. I laid in bed, and I just started unfriending everybody that I didn't know. If I wasn't related to you and I didn't work with you, like I didn't personally know you, didn't matter how we'd become connected, I just unfriended you. And I did that. It took me two nights. I just laid in bed until I fell asleep. It was really quite therapeutic, actually. Super boring. Great way to fall asleep. Um, I unfollowed like 1,200 some people, unfriended. But then to make this work, because Louis Barkley created this like browser extension that unfollowed everything for you. 
and then they banned him from Facebook and they gave him the cease and desist letter to shut it down because, of course, they want you to spend as much time as possible on their platform. They don't want somebody to help you uh, deal with your lack of self-discipline or self-control or whatever. So he said, I knew that people wouldn't want to go through and unfollow everything manually. And that was the part of that article that jumped out at me. I was like, whoa, wait, what? That's what I could do? Even though they killed this browser extension, I could do it? So I went through and unfollowed everyone and everything. My partner, my kids, my mom, my family, like my best friends. The Like you have to unfollow everyone. Now, why would you do this? Well, look, I like to use Marketplace and I do lots of work in schools and it's really convenient to have a Facebook account that I can post uh, and share and see what the school's doing and how they're interacting with the project that I'm doing while I'm there. And I want to keep it for that. But I also realize, yeah, I'm not like impervious to the temptation to get sucked down that rabbit hole. So it's still there. I have 200 maybe contacts left. If I want to see what you're doing, if you're one of my 200 contacts, I can still go to your page. I have to physically go there because uh, your stuff doesn't automatically show up in my newsfeed. Man, it's brilliant. It's boring. It's, like, it's so boring. So if you're like, oh, I, I shouldn't go to Facebook. Oh, I'm just standing in line here at the grocery store. I should just like be alone with my own thoughts and just be like comfortable being a human being in my own skin. No, I'm gonna pull my phone out. I'm gonna look, open up the app. And oh, it's just nothing. <laughs> There's nothing to see and it says we're broke and we're working on it. Well, that was it. Five seconds or less and I'm just like, oh yeah, right, I hate Facebook and I'm out of the loop. Oh my gosh. I highly recommend it. When I'm talking to you, how can you direct your energy better? This is it. If, if things are distracting and taking away from you and your energy and your focus, making it just a little bit uncomfortable, making it just an extra step of, of uh, inconvenient, it's amazing how little it takes to jar us out of those um, actions. I, when I took Twitter off my phone and I actually had to be sitting at my computer and open it up on a browser, I was like, I spent a fraction of the amount of time there. Uh, just all of them. It was, it was just amazing. So creativity, man, being your best, it takes a lot of energy and you can't be working at your best if you're allowing these different things to siphon your creative energy off. And I would say too, like even to me, there's a difference. Like if you're a creative person, I'm, I'm going to take my own example. I, I don't mean creativity has anything to do specifically with art and with songwriting and writing or, or slam poetry, all those things that happens to be a lot of my, um, my outlet for how I want to say things, but geez, like being creative, man, whether it's learning new camera get equipment or, um, new equipment in general, learning how to play a new instrument, learning how to write uh, another email sequence or a business letter or a response to this or a new page for my website. Like there's so many applications that all of us probably share. Uh, just realizing that 
you know, physically, it takes energy. Mentally, it takes energy. You know, when I start every fall, I have, you know, my summer is a bit of a, of a break in terms of the big projects that I'm doing. It's the fall when I start going back into schools and communities and I'm working with hundreds of people every week. I might be booked four weeks in a row and I might be working with 2,000 people running these creative development projects. Like, I can barely read an, a text from a family member at the end of a day. I've given out so much. And so I realized when I want to operate at those really high levels of engagement for myself and engaging hundreds of people around me, I can't handle, I can't afford to allow any of my creative capital to be siphoned off for anything less than the project. So, you know, at the beginning, it's like, how can you direct your energy better? Just not letting it get siphoned off by useless, worthless activities. What's an actionable step you can take today? You know what? Delete things off your phone if you're so up for it. And if not, this step of kind of hijacking the algorithms on Facebook to stay connected to the people that you want to, but unfollow them, unfriend everybody you're not actually friends with. And then there's the third point. I just want to throw this one out because this was a business mentor that I had years ago who had this one great line. He said, everything you create for that you're going to share on social media should add value to somebody's life. And, you know, as a storyteller who I love you know, tutorials. I love people who share how they did things. They show me cool things and then they show how many they did it, how they did it. I love that kind of stuff. I love learning. I love being inspired by people. Um, but you know what? If you had a post that made people uh, smile, that made people laugh, that adds value to somebody's life. If you had a post and you're just like, man, this made me think and I, I want to share this with you because maybe it'll make you think. Maybe it'll make you think about yourself differently or the world differently or, or whatever. That's a value. Making people laugh, making people smile, making people think, making people feel something. Uh, it's so simple. And, but, but if you have this as a criteria for yourself and then you start to evaluate the things that you see online in your life in the feeds that you allow to come into your life why are so many people just ultimately boring it's because i swear to god they have never they have no idea even why they're sharing what they're sharing like for instance if you go to a concert and you're in the audience and the band is killing it. They're amazing and you're loving it. Leave your phone in your pocket. There is not a single person in your contact list that wants to listen to a distorted uh, soundtrack as you jump around and people bump into you and everything. You're not gonna be able to share what you love about that moment. You know what you should do? Grab a friend, maybe turn around so the band is behind you or whatever. Hold your phone out. Take a selfie of yourself and your friend or your partner or whoever you're with or just yourself if you're by yourself. 
capture that moment. You know, we like memories. We like to look back and remember that moment. But you know what? That moment is for you. You cannot capture through your phone what is making that moment amazing. So don't even try. Uh, but anyways, that was, a, that was a tirade as a as a person who's doing shows and looking out. And I used to look out and see people singing and dancing. And now I look out at people and I, I just see phones between me and the audience. And I know I know for a fact I have never ever watched anybody's video that they've posted online because it sounds like crap. It looks like crap. Anyway, um, everything that you create should add value to somebody's life. I remember a couple years ago, I, I shared this, what I, I shared that, this very little tidbit with somebody I was having coffee with. And it was so awesome because he looked across the table at me and he, he thought for like five seconds or whatever. And then he's like, whoa. Like, that doesn't really seem possible. <laughs> that, he said something about that. That's pretty heavy. I don't think that's possible. And I was like, you don't think that's possible? Take whatever it is that you just shared last. Maybe you went for a hike. And you wanted to share that hike. Now, a dopamine-driven uh, cycle, like... Chalmuth Palapatiya talks about how the dopamine-driven uh, cycles, if that's the treadmill that you're on, you're just sharing your hike so that people will like it and say, oh, looks amazing, wish I was there. If you wanted to add value to their life, you could say where the hike was. You could say something about hey, if you're looking for a hike and you live in this area or you visit this area, this is where the trailhead is. Or it's a 10k hike. You got to be in pretty good shape. I would I would consider this an intermediate hike, but if that's what you're looking for, it'll take, you know, might take you like 3 hours. It's this many like kilometers, whatever. It's like like you could add value. If you love sharing things that you like cook, you're cook like think about not just like showing what's in the pot, like why are you showing this? Is this a family recipe? Do you want to just like throw on the screen like what the ingredients were? How long it takes? It only takes 15 minutes to put this together. You need eight ingredients. Here they are. It's delicious. Your family will love it. All of a sudden, you took the thing that you love to talk about and share, which is making food, cooking, which everybody has to do, loves to do, hates to do, whatever, wherever we're at. Uh, you could add value to somebody's life if you thought about why you're sharing it. And it really comes down to storytelling. A storyteller thinks about their audience. A storyteller trusts their audience. So add value to somebody's life. Here's why you might want to try diving. Here's my, why you might want to like go for this hike. Here's why this bike ride is amazing. If you visit this place, you know, I love this bike. This is, uh, if you want to get a bike, I love e-bikes. Um, it costs a lot, but oh my God, it's so amazing. It's life changing. You know, if you ever come to our city, you should go to this place and rent run for two hours and just see what you think and let me know. Like it would be so easy to add value to somebody's life. The criteria is you just have to think about it. 
what do I hope this little 10 second video of my dog will it make you chuckle will it make you smile if you if you follow me anywhere I make the craziest most ridiculous things about my dog and I think when I put them together yeah hopefully you smile Hopefully, if you have a little puppers of your own or a little floof, you'll just want to like go cuddle with them or you'll want to take maybe make a video or a video of, or of a little photo shoot with your puppers on your own. You know, like just something that adds some value to somebody's life. It doesn't have to be like this big, heavy thing. It can just be a simple moment that isn't driven by the dopamine cycle, that isn't driven by rage uh, it, it is driven by something that's going to add value to their life, maybe bring some inspiration, some encouragement. So that is what I got to say about all of this, man. An unfiltered conversation about creativity. Uh, cut out some of the crap that is in our life. You know, Zuckerberg, he's nobody's friend. Certainly not yours or mine. Uh, these... Um, these systems that have got us caught up in these cycles of rage and anger or distraction and discouragement uh, that give us an opportunity to just mindlessly share stupid things. I mean, literally, uh, I like this right now, just thinking about social media like a party. And if you meet somebody... This, this is going to be a whole different podcast episode because I think social media is the worst thing that's ever happened to musicians and artists, personally. I'll get into that later. But, you know, if you were at a party, house party, some kind of backyard party, whatever, and you're meeting people, and you meet somebody you don't know, and they're just like me, me, oh, me, 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 I do this, I do that, I'm this, I'm that, me, 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 me. If you, have you ever met, we've probably all met somebody like that, right? Do you start rolling your eyes and start looking for the exit as fast as possible? Did you be like, wow, that's crazy. I got to go to the bathroom. Like you make, ex you make <laughs> excuses to get out of there. Nobody wants to talk about to a me, 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 me person. So that's how I often <laughs> describe it. Somebody like, you know, they, they reach out and they connect. They start following me or whatever. And I'm like, oh, who is this person? I don't know. Maybe I want to follow them back. And if I go to their profile and it's just selfie after selfie after selfie after selfie, I'm like, well, this person is clearly just talking about themselves and only one aspect of themselves their face and it's like nah you know what i got enough faces in my life i don't need your face filling up and dorking up my vibe with your endless filtered face i don't need your fake filtered face filling up my rage dopamine <laughs> cycle this loop this merry-go-round i can't get off i got enough things going on in my mind oh anyways there we go. I hope that you uh, managed to tap in to your creativity to a greater degree. That is my hope because um, when we operate at our, our creative 
potential. Man, life is not so chaotic. Life is not so overwhelming. We are able to apply that creative capital to the problems and the challenges that we're facing and find innovative solutions that we need, maybe to problems we've been trying to like figure out for years, or maybe they're brand new problems. Uh, but we're not left hopeless and helpless and voiceless. We find that that power, that core that, that, that allows us to face the challenges in our life with confidence. That's what we need. It's a lifestyle, for goodness sake. And it's a lifestyle that produces an energy that, that empowers resiliency and confidence to face the challenges that life throws at us. And once we start doing that, blah, 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 that creates, uh, you know, momentum. And momentum makes us into, like, the most amazing people in the whole world. And everybody loves us. And they start throwing buckets of money at us. And they, you know, pull up the big dump trucks. And they, like, dump, big, you know, money on our... I don't care. I love... I thought that was going to be like a real ramp up to the end. I thought it was going to be this is really, you know, funny, you know, inspiring kind of thing. I could put like some rocky music underneath that and like really build it. And then I just I, like I peaked. Right. I peaked too soon. I, I tried too hard. I tried too hard to fall so far from the finish line, from from the pinnacle, from what I hoped I would achieve. And, and, and I did it in front of you as you were listening. I took you on that journey. And I think that's pretty commendable for me to be that <laughs> that vulnerable and uh, humble yeah the, <laughs> the humility I showed in that uh, train wreck man I am really something aren't I <laughs> uh, <laughs> I slay myself. Okay, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Feel free to leave a comment or ask a question. And remember, oh my God, you're capable of infinitely more than you give yourself credit for. So hang in there until next time.